Try to kill us, but my village too strong. Long live the people. Here we go again with the bullshit you want. Long live the people. We have all these mixed blood people all across the country. We cannot exclude them. There's nothing wrong with being Red River Metis. We are all Metis. There was an attempt to define Metis. And we said no. There's Métis from Red River. What's wrong with Métis from someplace else? And they were also Métis people. Uniting our people is at a very sad state. We are all Métis. All right, welcome back to the show. Of course, my name's Darcy, and joining me as always is Jason. How's it going, buddy? Very good. How is the man from down south? Doing pretty good. Uh, we're having some slight technical issues, so uh, this might be an interesting podcast to try to record. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's springtime, and I'm I'm a happy guy. How about you? Hey, man. It is like 30 degrees warmer than it was two weeks ago. So how do you complain about that business? <laughs> no kidding, eh? So happy 100th, Jason. This is our 100th episode. Hard to believe, eh? Where did the time go? A hundred episodes. Yeah, Wowzers. really. Especially for a show that I honestly wasn't sure if we'd get to ten episodes. I really had no idea when we started this exactly how long this would run. Well, or how how would we find more than ten topics to talk about? <laughs> yeah, well, and they just keep coming. They just keep coming. So I thought tonight we'd kind of just do a little bit of a recap, a little bit of uh, you know, what we've done in the past hundred episodes. Um, I know lately we haven't had a lot of guests on, um, and I know people have like asked if, you know, oh, we should have this person on or whatever, but so I kind of thought we'd just start there and just kind of, kind of recap our past guests. So, and see, see how many well, of, the, of these you remember. <laughs> well, in all honesty, uh, because we are on opposite ends of the provinces, you were the lucky guy. You got to do most of the, uh, interviews. I got to sit in on a couple. Yes. But uh, you were the main man behind the show who got to uh, do most of the interviews. So what was your single favorite? For guests? Oh, man, that's yep. tough. Which which guest really sticks out? Um, Probably, uh, there's a, probably a couple that really stand out for me. Uh, uh, Dr. Sebastian Millette. Um, because we've, I think we had him on twice and... Uh, I mean, I just love listening to that guy. I like history, and I, I like listening to Métis history. And, I mean, he's he's got such a passion for history and, and the the facts. And, um, I, and I, I do find what he does quite amazing and quite um, interesting. So I think for me, he probably stands out. Um, and then I, I think um, probably my number one, if I had to pick a number one, not saying that anybody else was bad, but... Uh, was probably meeting and, and getting to sit down with Colleen Klein, who was, uh, you know, obviously Ralph Klein's wife, and uh, and just listening to her speak, and uh, she was an amazing woman, super nice. So I, th I think those probably stand out for me more than anything. How about you? Well, I know the episode that I liked listening to that I, I didn't get to do, but I enjoyed listening to is the one you did with uh, Robert uh, Falcon there. Um, oh, Yeah. Me? Yeah, um, going going back a little bit on that one, but I I really enjoyed it. And I thought that was such a huge opportunity to have him on the show, and they got the chance to do that. And I thought it was very informative and gives a kind of an, he gave kind of a good perspective of what it was like 
uh, for him. Absolutely. Yeah, no. And, uh, you know, it's, it's actually kind of amazing going back and looking at all the past episodes and, you know, I, I, when I, when I think about it, I think, oh yeah, we've had a few people on, but, um, we've had almost 20 guests. Um, so, which is kind of amazing. And it never really was initially really going to be something where we, you know, bring on a whole bunch of guests and stuff, but, uh, yeah, it turned out we had some really good guests. Um, you know, what was interesting is the diversity among the guests for me. Uh, you had everybody from, you know, Eastern Métis, Western Métis. Uh, you had recognize, people from recognized Métis communities here in Alberta. You had people like Colleen Klein who have been, have had their Métis card removed by, you know, the cartel organizations. Um, you know, uh, like I said, Dr. Spash Millette. We had the former vice president of the Métis Nation of Alberta on here. And uh, I guess, oh, and uh, one of the other guys that stands out for me is Graham Anders, who does Lee Nouvelle. And I haven't seen him publish anything on there for a while, but uh, he was very interesting, and I thought that was an interesting conversation as well. So they're, they were all wonderful conversations. And then we had a one, the one guest we had that wasn't Métis was uh, a Dr. Fiona Clement, who talked about cannabis legalization before it legalized. So they were all great guests. Yeah, real diverse. It was really interesting. Like when I, I remember when we sat down and we talked about doing the show in the first place, guests were always something that we wanted to do. And it's not always easy. We get suggestions, I know, for the show about, hey, you should have this person on and that person on. But getting people on, uh, physically getting to take the time is not as always easy as it seems. So I, I know um, I, w- I wish we had more guests on, but I also know that there's a real constraint in doing guests. And so it was really great, I think, you know, that we've been able to have as many guests as we've had on and that as many people as they have have taken the time to talk to you and I. Absolutely, because each one of these guests, so there's about, what is there, 18, I think, or something around there. Um, I mean, realistically, when you think about that, that's 18 hours worth of guests, again, guest conversations at least. Um, but it is, and, and I, I think I, I, you know, that's a good point, I think, to explain to people is just the, the challenges of getting guests on because, Unlike a radio station, a podcast is literally something that we've set up all on our own. Uh, we've had to learn this whole thing all by ourselves, how to get it published on iTunes and Google Play and, you know, how to do, you know, all this stuff, the equipment, all these kinds of things. And so because this isn't a radio station, we don't have dedicated phone lines where we can just have people call in and things like that. Like uh, even with you, the challenge of having me, you, and a guest on is how we need to have we have to somehow, um, you know, put the calls all together, and then the 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 audio quality is seriously degraded because of it, and and so that's a real challenge when you're when you're trying to do things, I guess, over Wi-Fi or over cell phone networks. Um, it makes it a real challenge. Well, <laughs> all you have to do is go back to some of those 2017 episodes. Yeah, and. Uh, Listen to the quality because we were doing it for nothing. You know, all of the the equipment we do have, thanks to Darcy, that that's been able to become the technical guru of making this all happen. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know about guru, but uh, it's it's a slow process of of self learning, and a lot of hit and miss. And uh, unfortunately, there's no like you can't go to a store and say, "Hey, I'm doing a podcast. What kind of equipment do I need?" Because everybody just kind of looks at you with blank stares and is like, oh, I don't know, microphone? 
but then you have to so then you have to learn all about the different types of microphones and what sounds better and what sounds worse and what you want and don't want and then it's personal preference and then you have it's hit and miss and then you have to move on to other gear and yeah it's been a real hit and miss thing so as much as I I really want to have yeah I've always wanted to have more guests it it's very challenging to do it over the phone and it's very challenging to do it in person because then on we don't have a studio, so now we got to meet somewhere. We got to travel. So, what I always would have loved to have done is had a guest on at least you know once or twice a month. But uh, that's challenging. Challenging. Time. Time is never on our side when you're trying to produce a show. Absolutely, and that's the other thing, right? I mean, we both work. We both have families. We both have lots of things going on. So sometimes, even just sitting down for the Tuesday night episode, just me and you is challenging so throw into that trying to schedule guests and like a lot of times when we scheduled a lot of these guests it was on a saturday or a sunday and we you know record and edit and put it all together and get it out by tuesday but so it's it's very time consuming it's very challenging but uh but it was a lot of fun um i again i I just kind of wish we had more guests but uh one of the, I guess one of the conversations I had with a couple of people was up in Fort Mac talking about moccasin flats. And that was one of my more, I guess, I would, I don't like to say favorite, but it, it was one of the more interesting conversations for me because this is also a subject that's continuing and it's kind of growing and uh, becoming more and more of an issue. So, um, well, not necessarily an issue, but becoming more and more, people are becoming more and more aware of it. So I thought that was a really good one too. Yeah, and as I said, I think one of the great parts, um, I know your job specifically is, is lets you be able to travel, and that's probably been one of the real perks of being able to do the show with you is that yeah. uh, we've been able to spend a little bit of time over the course of the show actually getting out to uh, see some of these uh, places and people firsthand and, and being you know being able to travel and do that kind of stuff was probably one of my favorite parts about doing the show and being able to get out there. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and then we actually did uh, quite a few group slash live events. Uh, one, two, there's like six of them. And uh, a couple of them revolved around the last year's m and region, well, election here in Alberta, specifically Region 3, because that's where I'm from. Um, but yeah, there was quite a few. We did Arts Dance, which was the first live event we ever did. There was actually small crowd of people that were listening as we were recording. So that was kind of neat for me. And then we did chapters and chat, which is a book club here in Calgary. And we, I did that episode, not just because my wife does the book club, she runs it, but uh, because the author of secret of the stars uh, was coming to the book club. And, and so that was good. And then probably one of my favorites was a community conversation, which Actually, we got a, I got a little bit of flack for it because people thought it sounded more like a sharing circle and we shouldn't have published it. But it, it, was, it wasn't necessarily a sharing circle. It was just a com- conversation. Um, but I really like that one because in there, there's an elder that actually gives her, her and her family's definition of Métis, which is not the same as the cartel. Um, and then there was, you know, there's a lot of people that were in the conversation for some healing. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a really good conversation. I really enjoyed that one. So of all the events that uh, that we did in in the last hundred episodes, yes, what was your favorite one? What one sticks out to you for for episode events? Um, I would have to say probably that community conversation. 
Um, that one probably stands out for me the most, just because you know we had a Métis elder there, and we it was all Indigenous people. It was from different, you know, there was some Blackfoot, there was some Cree, there was some Métis. It was, you know, there might even have been more. I can't remember now, but um, but it, it was just a really good conversation, and I just remember, I jeez, I I want to say it was like two hours long, but. Uh, we kind of kept it going around the room a couple of times. And I remember when I was recording, I, because I was so kind of engulfed in what some of the people were saying, I actually forgot I was recording for a while. So when we were all said and done, I was like, oh, geez, I hope this turned out well, because I wasn't paying attention for half of that. <laughs> so so I, I think that's why I enjoyed it so much is just because I totally got into the conversations completely and and totally gapped out on what on the technical side of podcasting for a while. But um, was there any that stood out for you as far as, I know you didn't make it to a lot of these, but was there any that you listened to that maybe stood out? Or Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, that, what, what we did do that revolved around the show that really stuck out to me, and that was, that was back towards the beginning, and that's when we did the, the big 150 stuff. Oh yes, and we did the uh, 150 unsettling campout. Yes, um, that was good. I, I enjoyed that, and and you know when I was going back over the show, 2017 was kind of a big year. You know that's where we we did the fundraising to uh, try to get to Standing Rock. That's right, and yep. we covered some of the the issues that were going on there. Yeah. Yeah, and we actually, we were set to go, and then it was literally, I think, the weekend that we were going to leave, that's when they had come to some sort of agreement, and they were asking people to stop coming, and so we were like, well, do we go, do we stop, and we figured, well, we better just not go, and you know, we didn't want to be in pain in the ass, but uh, but that well, would We wanted something. to respect their, yeah, for sure, we were all set to go, and and that's when they made the public statement they didn't want any more people to come, and we respected that and, and didn't yeah. go. But uh, that was, uh, I think that was pretty memorable, the fact that uh, we had support of people willing to donate to get us down there. Yeah. You know, kind of sticks out. Absolutely, yeah. I, and, and I'm glad you brought that up, because I, I, I think of that every once in a while, but honestly, I, I totally forgot about that when I was looking back in the episodes. Um one of my highlight episodes that I did have was the the 150, the unsettling camp, because we actually recorded a podcast right from camp. Um, but that was also in part of like a call to action from Idle No More. So it kind of felt like it, it was really part of something bigger. And I think that's why part of the reason I enjoyed it so much. Obviously, the camping aspect was wonderful as well. But, uh, you know, you really pulled out the good weather for us that that weekend. <laughs> so thanks, Jason. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's what we did, the Métis Sundance, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, actually, as far as highlight episodes go, um, I think I had, a, a, I had four here. Um, the 150 Unsettling Camp was, was the number one. Well, actually, these aren't really in order, but... Um, we also, there was a couple episodes we did. One was, uh, I did an episode with my daughter, and then we did an episode right after it, um, and these were both episodes about education and the f- challenges that uh, Indigenous, mainly Métis people face in post-secondary, and the reason I had my daughter was on was to talk about some of the things that she's learning in, you know, K through s- 9, 
and uh, and what she was taught up until that point about Indigenous and Métis and stuff like that. So I really liked those episodes, partly because we got so much feedback from former or current st- and Métis students as to what some of the challenges were. And I, I really enjoyed our conversation about it the on the next episode where we talked about post-secondary mainly. Um, and so th- that those really stood out for me as well. I don't know how you... Y- if you remember those ones much. So yeah, that one really spoke to me because I, I think of all the topics that we that we got hit with over the course of 100 episodes, that is probably the one that we got the most engagement with where people told us their personal stories, their personal challenges that they were facing in post-secondary education and that that was you know quite an exhilarating thing to be able to have that kind of engagement on that topic. So it provided for us, I think, probably one of the better conversations that we've had because we had so much input. Absolutely, and I, and that was a nice thing about it. Um, you know, we could bring up some of the points that the that had been sent to us, and then you know, kind of elaborate on them and kind of give our take on it, and then go back and it it, it just made for some really good content. I uh, yeah, I, I really like those episodes. When I was looking back, I uh, I seen them and I was like, oh man, those are great. Um. There was two episodes that I think they're not necessarily my favorite episodes per se, but they are two that stand out for me and they're episodes 43 and 45 and which is sad that they're that close together. But the 43 was the when we're basically our uh you know talking about Colton Bushy's verdict and our you know our how we felt about that. And 45 was the, the Tina Fontaine verdict. And um, those, those I think, are tough episodes to, to talk about that stuff, but I thought it was important, and I'm glad we did do episodes on those, but those two stood out for me as well. Well, what sticks out to me is, is what you said earlier, is they seem so close together, looking back. Um, yeah. You're, you, we, we were barely past the conversation of one and we're right into the conversation of the other. And, you know, it, it, it's so hard to, to, to even really wrap your head around being back in that, you know, to go through those same conversations again, so close together. Yeah. Well, and, you know, again, there's more and more of these verdicts. Uh, there's Cindy Gladue. There's, there's innumerable verdicts where it doesn't come out in the favor of Indigenous people. And it's just continuing, and it, and it's really hard to have these conversations. It's really hard to believe in a justice system that would allow, you know, murderers to basically walk free. And and you know, especially with Colton Bushies, I mean, the the guy didn't even get gun related charges and stuff like that. And you know, when I, I remember a few months later, um, the liberals were all talking about you know more gun laws and stuff like that. And I, you know, I just turned to my wife and I said, "What's the point? If they're not going to enforce the ones we already have, why make more?" I mean, because they didn't enforce any gun laws in Colton Bushy's case, and it's just—I don't know—it's just mind-boggling. But at the same time, it's not really something we can expect that the colonial government give us as Indigenous people free or a fair, fair trials in their legal system. So those are very challenging things to talk about, but. It continues to this day. Well, and when we look back on those conversations and the things we talked about, we, you look how little has really changed. You look how little uh, the environment towards Indigenous people and the you know 
and settler farmers on the yeah. land, you know, the relationship's not improving since then. You no. know, if anything, it's only got more hostile. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I travel through Saskatchewan quite a bit for work uh, these days. And there's, uh, you know, all over Saskatchewan and Alberta too, but, you know, Colton Bushy was in Saskatchewan. And uh, I, I, I constantly see these, like, uh, you know, pro-life advertisements and things like that. And just the way they're worded, I just think, yeah, you're all pro-life, except if unless it's an indigenous life, then it's, yeah, who cares? And um, so literally every time, every month every, when I go through Saskatchewan, I'm reminded of that two or three times. I'm reminded of Colton Bushy's uh, verdict um, and, you know, how he was murdered and how, you know, pro-life only means pro-life that we we want, not all life. And, uh, you know, it's just a hard reminder to face every time you go through a province. Well, and, and that's, yeah, and we have, we had some of those conversations and I think, you know, they weren't easy, but I think looking back, I'm glad, I'm glad we try to tackle them as best as we could. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think we did, um, you know, as far as a Métis podcast, I think we, you know, somehow this show kind of, it, it got its wheels on, under it after a few episodes and people started listening and more people started listening. And we actually built up a fairly decent reader or listenership. Um, I was going to have all the statistics here for everybody, but I totally uh, blanked out and forgot about that until just now. But I, I know for a fact that we've been downloaded in over like oh, well over 20 countries, um, multiple downloads in most of those. Uh, it's, you know, almost, I think, 15,000 downloads in total. Uh, you know, so there's there's quite a few things that I think we did that I, I don't know if a lot of other Métis or Indigenous podcasts will do. As far as I know, we're the only ones to make it to episode 100. So, and, and I do know that there's other Métis podcasts out there. But um, but I think we we did pretty good. I think I think that's that's pretty reasonable. Well, and I, considering how we started out, you know, I think back where it was me calling into you from my cell phone, and you listened to the quality. And in a hundred episodes later, you know, um, mostly thanks to you, <laughs> we got sound equipment and and some technology to get talking and improve the show, and and just the the genesis of what's happened from from where we started and our perspective of what would we ever talk about you know <laughs> yes. to you and I joke all the time that really the show really writes itself there's so much going on with with the government and the cartel and and the shenanigans that we've been covering for 100 episodes we've almost had a hard time keeping up yes yeah i remember there was a time where i used to uh from you know in between episodes i would I would save articles in my Facebook. I would, you know, I'd bookmark things and I'd like, okay, we're going to go back. And I'd, you know, Sunday I would start sitting down and I'd start typing out and figuring out what we're going to talk about. And then something would come up and it would blow all of that out of the water. And out of the five things on my list, we only talked about two. But then by the next week, there was more to talk about. And I'm, we, you know, we can't go back now. And, and so I know there was probably a hundred topics that we didn't ever talk about that I think we could have uh, just because other stuff kept popping up. There was always an MOU to be signed or, you know, David Chartrand won't stop talking for five minutes. So he's never ending amount of content there. Cause he just keeps spreading the manure as far and as deep as he can. Uh, so yeah, they just, they really well, wrote themselves. 
Yeah, and it, it's the as soon as the Trudeau government got in, it has been just a flurry of paperwork and MOU signing and memorandums and frameworks and you know <laughs> money here and spending yes. there and you know it has been a whirlwind. And then we have you know other topics outside of that that have been you know serious and some lighter, you know a lot of some cultural things. I mean you know. But so I, I look back and I was going through the list of where we started out and the things we started with. And we're like, man, as I think back, of what would we talk about for Métis things? Like, really, yeah. what are we going to do? <laughs> and, you know, yeah, 100 episodes in, I, you know, you're right. There's so many things we simply didn't talk about and issues we didn't cover because we just didn't have the time. We could have been making shows two or three hours long. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, when I look back at a lot of these, I uh, th- there were some running themes that I, I kind of picked out. And obviously, so there's some obvious ones like uh, lack of financial transparency and accountability from both the government and Métis organizations. Um, lack of unity with two-thirds of our Indigenous family. Thank you to the cartel for that. And then, of course, our our latest one that I, I really, really thoroughly have enjoyed uh, playing out as, as much as we can was the answer to our prayers, Justin Trudeau, and, and how much sucking mm-hmm. up to the government we're going to do, like you were just talking about there. And then uh, government promises. So these, but when I look back, the one of the, I think it was episode three, uh, which is the only, which is the very first episode on iTunes. Um, episode three, I think we were talking about the, the Métis summit where it was like the initial meeting between the cartel and the liberal government when they just got elected. Uh, and that was where the MOU talk started and they were going to sign all these MOUs and promises. And uh, so it started right in episode three, you know, um, way, way back. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's funny because you think those aren't, that's not that many real running themes in all these episodes, yet they, it fueled a lot of episodes. Well, and yeah, and I mean, over the course of the last hundred episodes, that it really has played a big part is because of these MOUs, these frameworks, it ended up being there's a lot of money at stake and a lot of money that got thrown around and is still right now being thrown around and you know, even even today, you know, what's the news? We got we got another framework agreement, <laughs> you know, in Alberta. Yes. So it, it just doesn't end. <laughs> it it doesn't. And I actually started laughing when I saw that tonight. I was like, oh, of course, of course. Um, and and I actually you brought up a point before we started recording, and I so I thought I'd explain to everybody uh, about episode one and two. And you're the only one that's ever asked me whatever happened to those. So and I thought we'd get questions about it a lot earlier. Uh there was um let's just say when Darcy was learning how to publish podcasts, there was a technical glitch at right around episode two. <laughs> and so episode one and two were lost forever permanently. And I, I did not key I don't keep uh the audio recordings on my computer. And so uh once they were off iTunes and and they were off. So they are no more. So for those, uh, I don't know, 25 people that ever listened to episodes one and two, you are the, the chosen few who ever heard the lost episodes. And if there's a random person out there who happens to be some kind of jig is up aficionado who had nothing but <laughs> spare time and mass data, who ridiculously downloaded those episodes and still have them, we'd like a copy. 
Absolutely. That would I would they'd be very interesting. The, it, it, what what's interesting is those ones were recorded on my cell like on my iPhone. So uh I thought I was real high tech when I got a little microphone to add to plug into my iPhone. So I, I'm pretty sure the audio on those is absolutely atrocious. Um but you know, that that is how it started. It's all gotta start somewhere. Well, that's right. That's right. I think one for me, one of the, the big things that I, I really appreciated coming through the show was actually the youth camp that uh, we were mm. able to put on. Yeah. That was, I think, I know my kids were there, and it's something we still talk about, and uh, that uh, meant a lot to them. Yeah, and, you know, it meant a lot, of my, lot to my daughter, too. And, uh, you know, even for me, it was, it was a great week. Um, we had our, our friend James there, who is Anishinaabe. Um, and he was there to, uh, you know, we put us through a sweat lodge. He showed us how to, you know, get teepee poles and stuff like that. And, and just tell stories and just kind of hang out and have fun. And, and it was, again, you really pulled out the nice weather for that. So that was awesome. I think it was hot. It made for a a hot sweat lodge. That's for sure. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. It was cooking, man. It was, uh, probably over 30, at least a couple of days. And, uh, yeah. I think there was two nights where it rained, maybe even one night where it rained. I can't remember, but it was just during the nights, and uh, yeah, otherwise it was fantastic. We did uh, some archery and you know made some um, medicine bags and stuff like that, so it was a lot of fun, absolutely. And we did do an episode about that, just not from the camp, because Darcy forgot gear. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, blame me. We, we, were ha- we were having too good a time anyway to uh, take time off the podcast. Yeah, that's right. You know, and it's funny, too, because we kind of, we did travel a lot. Um, we went to an event in Saskatchewan, and I did do some recording and stuff, and I don't even know what happened to that stuff. Uh, I th- must have somehow deleted those recordings. But, um, you know, we went on a, several road trips. We went up to Conklin. We went to Saskatchewan twice. <laughs> Both northern and southern, very southern Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Um, northern and southern. <laughs> yeah, we we covered the province. But, you know, along the way, we met a lot of fantastic people. And, uh, you know, those road trips for me were just an absolute blast. I mean, I, I, I didn't know how, even for the two of us, how we could talk for uh, seven hours solid. So uh, it, it, was a, it was interesting, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was good. And I think, you know, it was great. Some of that's on the YouTube channel. Um, yes. that we posted up there. Uh, yep. I think it was great. We got to go to Patosh yep. and, and, uh, see the site there. We took some video there and put it up and, uh, you know, we got to go down to Esteban and meet uh, a lot of people and we got to see the, the jiggers there. And, you know, I think, uh, because of the show and, uh, because, uh, you're able to pull it off, I was, you know, that was a fun trip for me. You know, we've got to go out and see people, and that's that's what I enjoy the most. We got to, you know, to go to a couple of historical sites. Yep. You know, have a potluck on the land, and yeah. uh, you know, that was a lot of fun. Well, and and what's interesting is is like I've I've always said this. Um, you know, you, you you we can talk about the politics, and certainly we've talked about the cartel more than I ever like to to admit it. Uh, but the truth is, is when you you know. So then I think a lot of people have it in their mind, like, oh, if I'm Eastern Métis, I can't go to that event because that's all Western Métis. But I always find when you go to the events, the people don't care. You just show up and, 
Nobody asks you for your genealogy. Nobody asks you to pass a test. It's just welcome. Come on in. And everybody eats. Everybody has a great time. Like you said, there's dancers. And so I always find when I go and I'm just around Métis people, for the most part, they're always very welcoming, very, you know, very down-to-earth, very common-sense kind of people. And I've just always felt welcomed at any of these events, and especially even the live shows and stuff. Like, it, it, you know, it's it, people have always made us feel welcome. And, and I think that's one of the things that I really appreciated because, you know, I mean, especially going to another province, like, you're like, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe we talk about the cartel and we piss people off and we're going into the lion's den. I have no idea. Um, so it was nice. And I, and I always really enjoy that. And I encourage anybody who, it doesn't matter if you have your M&A card, go to an event, go even if, well, or any province, just go to an event and go have fun and go hang out with Métis people because some of them, and most of the ones we've met are just absolutely awesome. Yeah, and that's one of the, the things I always found very interesting. We covered a lot of politics on the show in the last 100 episodes. You know, we talked a lot of framework, a lot of policy, a lot yep. of money. A lot of money. And uh, a, lot of I, a lot of identity, right? A yeah. lot of, like you said, uh, a lot of the East versus West ideology. You know, we talked about books that were written, and we had, you know, Seb Maletta on a professor who's wrote a book about Métis identity. And yet when you get out on the land and you get in people's communities and the, the food's on the table and the dancers are there, there's nobody asking you, really, that we came across. Yeah. What's in your wallet? Yeah, exactly. And that was one of the surprising things I found during the Métis Nation of Alberta's election in the past year here was I, again, wasn't too sure how welcomed or how warmly I'd be uh, received at some of the events I went to, uh, just simply because I we do nothing but uh, highlight some of the uh, inequities amongst these organizations and how they treat people and the lack of transparency and so on and so on. And every event I went to, they everybody there was always somebody there asking these potential candidates, when are we going to be able to welcome our Eastern brothers and sisters back to the table? When are we going to start including Eastern Métis? When are we going to... And so from a, from a grassroots, like, actual Métis people living perspective, it, and, and everybody cheered these things. So it seems to me that this whole East-West thing is really just these organizations trying to protect their power and their wealth and their privilege. Because when you're actually with people, these issues aren't even issues anymore. And and when you say, uh, well, you know, I, I'm Eastern Métis, people are just kind of like, uh-huh, okay, sounds good. Well, come on in. Um, and so that for me was really, really nice and really surprising out of the Métis Nation elections. Yeah, for, for me too, when we got... Uh into the show and we sort of started covering a lot of the issues and pointing out a lot of things because you and I, you know, it's well documented. You and I are not cartelers. No. <laughs> um, it, it was kind of interesting to see how we were going to be received uh, when we went out into communities, you know, when we were up in Conklin, when we were out all over Saskatchewan, Yeah. Uh, how are we going to be perceived by, by people in the community? And then I never went anywhere. Um, in Alberta or Saskatchewan that I didn't feel welcomed. Absolutely. Yeah, and nobody even asked, like, well, what's your background? Or, you know, what kind of card you got? Or, like you said, nobody asked what's in your wallet. So it was absolutely amazing. And I guess um, that kind of leads into, you mentioned the the, the jig, or um, keeping it real, 
the YouTube channel, which mainly you did. I, I well, actually, I, I can say honestly, 100% you did that one. Um, and I think that was a nice thing that we kind of spun off of the show a little bit. But um, I don't know if you want to. I don't know if there was some some videos that you maybe did that were highlights for you or. But uh, but I, I think you you actually made some really good videos and they got a lot of good traction under them. Yeah, a few of them actually were well received. A lot of them, again, were I think nice interludes uh, between the podcast and um, allowed for uh, a little bit of a monologue on my part in mo- <laughs> most of the case. Yeah. Um, to fill in some gaps of what I thought was maybe issues we didn't cover. Or, or things like that, and or we didn't get enough time to talk on, or you know, yeah, and those kinds of things. But I had a lot of fun doing it, um, and it was great. Uh, we got, you know, we got a fair bit of traction on some of the videos. Um, I think one of the big highlights people really like to turn tune into was when we did uh, uh, from Batosh. That one got quite a few. Uh, people interested in it yeah so which was nice because you know it was a long trip we did a lot of yakking on the way out there (laughs) and uh, it was a great time absolutely um yeah so i uh i just it's been a lot of fun it's been interesting the skill sets that we've both kind of walked away from this now I mean, if you'd asked me four years ago what I would know about podcasting or, you know, doing YouTube channel videos, I would have laughed. I would have said nothing. I'll, why would I ever do that stuff? And so, you know, I feel, I just kind of feel like I've grown a lot with this show with the just the skill sets. I don't know how you feel about that. Oh, absolutely. Um, if you're talking, you know, where we started at ground zero to what we're doing, you know, for, for me, I did a little bit more of the YouTube, so, you know, the whole video editing, but even even working with you to understand, you know, a soundboard and plugging crap into your laptop and how to, you know, work work sound equipment so it doesn't sound like you're calling from the bathroom or in the shower, yeah. you know, is, you know, it's been a big learning curve. And I don't even know almost all the things, you know, you're, you've been the guy handling the, the uploads and the editing. And so it's been, you know, it's been a curve to say the least. Absolutely. So I, and, and I, I don't know, I'm just really uh, grateful for the show. I mean, I'm, I'm always excited to kind of learn new things and, and this has definitely been a, a long learning curve. And I feel like we could, you know, if we continued it, we, we'd have, we'd be learning a lot more. Um, but it kind of brings us to the point of the show where we kind of have to announce something. So I don't know. Um, we are... You're the host. It's the host with the most. <laughs> so for anybody who's listening, uh, this, our 100th episode, is going to be the last of the regular weekly episodes of The Jig Is Up. Um, I think for both Jason and I, uh, it's becoming a... It's a tough time constraint to try to make the show every week. Um, and I, I think we both highlighted that we would have loved to have more guests on, but it's just getting that scheduled and getting it arranged and and making the time to do this on top of family and work and renovations and life and cold sicknesses and, you know, uh, dogs and all sorts of things. So it's been a real challenge, and I just uh, I would love to do more with the show. Uh, but obviously this is not a full-time thing for us, and, uh, you know, we just... 
at this point, I think we're kind of regurgitating the same information on a regular basis. Uh, and so I just, I don't know. I, I Personally, I felt like we're kind of at a standstill. Uh, unless we could commit more time to it, it's really not going to grow at this point. Um, I don't know if that's how you're feeling right now, Jason, about things, but... Well, I feel pretty positive about where we're coming. You look at look at technologically where we started out 100 episodes ago, and you look at look at our listenership where we were 100 episodes, and and it's good. Yeah. We've grown a, a listenership. The yes. challenge that you and I face on on trying to produce a show is, let's be honest, we've kind of plateaued. We yeah. material wise, we could talk about what the the cartel is going to be putting forward. You know, this week, next week, you know, today. But really, that's not changed any. The conversation is the same. Uh, our critique of what they're going to do today and, and next week is going to be pretty much the same as it has been over the course of the last 100 episodes. For sure. Yeah. And culturally, it takes money to get out there uh, to yes. meet those events. It takes money. If it wasn't for you and, and your ability to travel, we wouldn't have gone anywhere. Let's face it. We, between the two of us, we're not rich. We don't have the financial capital to jump in your truck or mine. And, and drive 14 hours to Saskatchewan for an event. Yeah, exactly. And it, we were we were just lucky that you were in a position to do that or that wouldn't have happened. Yes. Yeah. And so we've kind of, I feel, we've, we've kind of run the gambit. We've run the course. We've, we've had all the conversations. Yeah. And the response is what the response is. And it isn't. it isn't a positive or negative for me. It just is. And so we've kind of hit the end of the road. Yeah, I feel the same way, and I, I uh, you know, I, I think for me, I would, there's things I would still like to do. There's a few elders that I'd still like to have conversations with. So down the road, you may see the odd Jig is Up episode coming through, and it's going to be a new episode. But I'm not going to promise that, and I'm not going to say, oh, we're going to put, I'm going to put it on out a month or something. Um, so that's really why this is technically the end of our weekly run. Now, along those lines, I kind of have, uh, I want to I make sure that we, we thank some people that were instrumental in having this show run for as long as it did. And so, um, you know, uh, yeah, uh, I want to start by saying some, some thank yous to uh, all everybody who supported us over Patreon for the last uh, however long we've been running Patreon, <laughs> a year, I don't know. Uh, and, and even through that, even the people that donated to our camps and stuff like that and donated to help get us to Standing Rock, although we didn't go when we returned all those donations, it was, it was a huge thank you. Um, and obviously without you guys, the show wouldn't have made it as long as it did, because even though we didn't make a ton of money on our Patreon, it was enough to kind of keep, to at least cover the costs mostly. Um, because there is a cost to doing this podcast. Um, so I, I really want to thank everybody that, that put their own money into it and, and believed in both Jason and I enough to, to donate five bucks a month. And, and, uh, that, that, you know, that, that puts, it puts me in a different light when I look at people and go, wow, you're willing to support something that we're doing. I know I always look at it like we're just kind of a couple of dummies chatting on the, <laughs> and recording it, but but obviously, some people connected with it and supported it, and so I really want to thank you guys for that. Um, Honestly, we probably would have packed it in sooner had it not been that people were willing to step up and, and help offset some of the costs, at least a little. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. It was, it was a huge help. Um, and then there's also the people that uh, listened, shared, liked, reviewed, and provided feedback. Uh, I'm forever grateful to you guys for that. I, well, we, we both are. Uh, you know, the reviews, when I go to iTunes now and I see that we have like a 4.6 rating and stuff like that, it just it, it, it really means something special. And I know why we, we only have a 4.6, and I know who was that gave us the bad review. So that one's actually super entertaining for me. I love it. Uh, because I think we only have read one bad review. <laughs> that was it. That was that it. Was the bad review, yeah. Yeah, and but hey, I appreciate that review, and uh, you know that guy is uh, never-ending source of entertainment for me when I think about that review. But that's what we always said. We're not. We weren't here to to make everybody happy. We weren't here yeah. to try to get everybody onto our side. We were just trying to create a conversation. And at the end of the day, we told lots of people, whether you were on, followed us on Twitter, whether you're on Facebook, whether you're on YouTube, all of our social media platforms. If you didn't like us, let us know. And if you yes. do, let us know. <laughs> because it's about, we always, the only thing I think I ever wanted to do when we started the show was help start a conversation. Yeah. And actually, that was one of the things that you, you said when we started talking about a podcast was that was kind of your overarching idea was, hey, this will be great because maybe it'll start conversations. And I... And I, I think it has. I, I have had a few people that have actually provided that feedback, um, which is actually the ne- the next thing I want to say a huge shout out for was, you know, there's lots of times I think that both, maybe we both at the same time or one over the other at different times. But I know for myself personally, there was lots of times where I kind of, ah, I wasn't sure what I'd say tonight or I, I, you know, should we really keep the show going? But then inevitably what would happen was I'd get an email or I'd get something on social media or something and it would be a comment or some feedback or something and it just kind of reinvigorated me to keep going. And, um, you know, like you mentioned all the comments and feedback we got on the education episodes and and how that was definitely a highlight. And I, and I think for me in general, that was a highlight is there's there was probably at least five times where I wanted to kind of pack it in and be like, you know, I'm, I'm done. And then I'd get an email and I'd go, ah, man, we got to keep going now. <laughs> so there was some people that sent us some emails with some personal stuff and some very, uh, you know, emotional stuff and some some very good points. And I just want to say a huge thank you to all of you that, that sent that feedback because I think it's amazing. And I honestly don't know if I shared it that often with Jason. So, <laughs> Jason, we did get that feedback and it was awesome. It was very inspirational. <laughs> Well, you did pass on a few to me, and I, I appreciate anybody, whether it was through your finances and you, you know, coughed up hard-earned money to try to help us out, or took the time to tell us a story uh, about, you know, especially like you mentioned, we did get so many stories when it came to that education. Yeah. Uh, and people took the time to share uh, yeah. with us and to make a point so that we would be informed about having that conversation in a meaningful dialogue. You know, so I, I appreciate that. I appreciate every, whether it was being out on the land, whether it was at the camp, whether we got to go to a place, whether it was an interview, anybody who took the time for us to have this conversation and keep it going. And for the people who bothered to even listen and, and help grow that listenership for us to give us the feedback that it was worth continuing to do for 100 episodes. Absolutely. Because in the end, that's really what it did was it, it kind of inspired us to keep going. 
Um, but it also let us know that at least somebody was listening. We were connecting with someone. And I think when you're doing a podcast like this, like, you know, you can look at your downloads and stuff, but realistically, that's like just looking at numbers on a computer screen. And so it's really great to be like, oh, we, you know, 800 downloads this month or whatever, you know, like however many downloads. But when you actually hear feedback from people, it, it puts, it makes this show real. It makes, it, it makes, it reminds me that, Oh, there's actually people that download this on their phones or their computers and actually listen to this, and it, it has an impact on them in some way. And uh, so I think that was really important, and, and that's one of the things I loved about the live events is because you you had feedback right then and there. Uh, and even the group conversations, there was that feed, immediate feedback. And that's very tough to get when you're doing a podcast where you're recording you know, um, especially over the phone like we are, there's like zero feedback. Um, and so it really was, you know, really good to have that that touch with people and realize, oh, this is connecting with somebody. At least one person. <laughs> At least one person, yeah. No, and I think that was it was meaningful for me. People took time out of their day. Uh, we could see that people were downloading. Uh, you know, and that, that meant, you know, that's I think really what kept us in the game the most. Yeah. Um, was the feedback, whether it was through finances, whether it was through people listening, sharing, or or commenting on what we did or didn't do. And for for a hundred episodes, really, the people who we, you know, I thought would have a lot more people angry, turned out to only be a couple. And yeah. uh, it turns out a lot more people agreed with us than I I ever thought uh, probably would. Yeah, like I, I, I almost thought we might end up like kind of like an Alex Jones situation where everybody just, you know, mocks and ridicules him because he's such a crazy outlandish person. But it, it just seems to have really connected with a lot of people. And uh, yeah, a lot more people agree with what the things we say than I ever thought we would ever find. Um, there's some of the other, uh, of course, I want to thank all the guests that we've had on. Uh, you guys were absolutely phenomenal. Taking the time to be on this show was unbelievably, you know, like I just, I'm gracious for you guys being on here. I'm, I'm so glad that I was able to connect and talk with so many people and people that maybe some of the people I knew ahead of time, but like, uh, you know, even uh, Sebastian Millette, I mean, I knew him, but I didn't really know him. I never really talked to him. So when we had him on the show, it was, it's really amazing to, to finally connect and talk to people like that. Um, you know, Joanne Brissett and Sebastian Millette and, you know, Robert Falconulet and Jesse Short and all, all of the people that were on. It's been an amazing uh, experience uh, having guests on the show and just having conversations. And uh, so that, that's been, it's been fun. And, and I just really want to thank all of them for being on the show as well. And I guess yeah. I, I can't not thank the guy who allowed us to use his music for the show which I haven't thanked in a long time, uh, but Dreesus, who's an indigenous hip hop artist uh, here, based here in Calgary, and I think kind of Calgary and LA now. I'm not sure, but uh, I I can't. I everybody go buy his music on iTunes, please. Even if you don't listen to hip hop, just go buy it anyway and support an indigenous artist. But uh, he he was totally. It it took one messenger conversation for him to agree to to allow us to use his music and, and everything. So absolutely love the guy. Which is kind of amazing, right? Like, like I, when you told me that we were going to be able to use music for the intro, I was kind of uh, a little bit jaw dropped because 
really in the world of 2000 and what 17 when we first started yeah who were we and why would you even care that we wanted to use your music yeah <laughs> you know like well and that, and that you, was you know, that... after a cover oh go ahead so after a conversation i thought that was when you messaged me oh and this is what we're going to use for intro music i'm like wow well, how in the world did you pull that <laughs> off i know right <laughs> I'd like to say it's because I got lots of friends, but no, I just, I friended them on Facebook and sent them a message. But, but that's the thing is, I, you know, I just thought, well, I'll ask what's, you know, he, he, if he says no, then we'll move on. But, um, he said yes. And I, you know, we put together the intro and stuff and we had the original intro. And then I changed it about a year ago, a year and a half ago now, um, to a bit shorter intro, but still using his music. So, he he's been he's an awesome guy. I've met him in in person in real life. I said I guess, and uh, you know he's a great guy. He you know he's got a new baby and stuff like that. And and he, I just I really would encourage everybody to support those indigenous artists out there um, in in every medium, um, you know, because they they need it and it's worth it. Because there's some high high quality artists out there, and he's one of them for sure. So so thank you to him for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it def- definitely upped our uh, upped our game coming out of the gate. <laughs> upped our st- street cred. <laughs> That's right. Well, and and it was amazing that he would let us use it just simply because that was that episode just after episode two that I asked him, mm-hmm. and so for episode three, I believe that's where we first used his intro. Three, three or four, I can't remember, but. So it was like, yeah, we had like, you know, next to no downloads. We nobody knew what the jig is up was. Nobody'd ever heard of this thing before, and and so it was really, really cool of them to let us use them. And uh, I think there's uh, some people that we owe a huge. We both owe a very huge thank you to, uh, which is our families for putting up with the uh, the car rides, the the road trips, the the crazy schedule, the camps, the <laughs> the chaotic and uh, challenging road that we've headed down with this show and uh, for supporting yeah, it the that, whole way. Yeah, the fact that every Tuesday night I got to kick my entire family off my residential Wi-Fi so that we can have a <laughs> mostly coherent conversation. <laughs> Yeah. If you ever have teenagers in your house and you have to eliminate them off your Wi-Fi, that's the sacrifice that goes on in my house. <laughs> well, and so a huge thank you to Jason's kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it's been amazing, and I I know there's been more times than I could probably count where you know my wife has been very encouraging, or um, you know there was there was an instance where she went to. Uh, I want to say the East Coast. I can't remember exactly where now because I'm totally drawing a blank. But uh, anyways, she was out there for a convention, a political convention, and uh, she ran into some other people. And when she mentioned that I, you know, did this podcast, they were like, oh, my God, that's your husband. And that was a real weird moment for me. Um, But it really is without, uh, you know, even when we're here at my house, everybody's quiet and everybody goes upstairs and tries not to make too much noise and you know, stuff like that. So it's, it's, it definitely, they are owed a huge thank you for supporting us through this whole crazy, crazy show. Um, absolutely. Where would anybody be without their family? Absolutely. Absolutely. And then 
I guess, uh, you know, moving on, uh, I, you know, to my ancestors and, you know, the future generations of my family, I really hope that this show is something that my daughter can be proud of and, you know, her children and things like that. Um, we're going to leave the show. The show's going to stay on iTunes for as long as I can manage it. Um, and it, because part of the reason I want to do that is because I do want, you know, other Métis to hear it. And even though this will be the final regular episode and the rantings and ravings of these two bearded lunatics is going to come to an end, that like like we've mentioned before and we mentioned tonight, the kind of the themes of the, the conversations, though, are very much the same. And moving forward, they're very much the same. And so I... I really hope somebody can go back and go through the past episodes and be like, oh, yeah, no, this was great. Um, so I really hope that we've done something here that our future generations can be proud of. Um, and I, I just, you know, want to say that I, I'm glad to have been, have been doing this with you, Jason. Because, it, and this, I think, is, uh, <laughs> I'm going to make you blush. But I, I also want to thank oh, Jason. Because I want to... Uh, it was about three years ago that uh, you organized uh, a ragtag group of people to meet at Boston Pete's in the south end of Edmonton. And uh, that's really where this podcast was born from, was that meeting and further conversations from that. And uh, so I have to have a huge thank you for you for organizing that meeting and, and inviting me to go to, go to it. Um, so, yeah, I feel like, you know, we, we you were... We co-hosted the show together, but, uh, you know, you're my brother, and, and uh, you know, it's been a great ride. So, you know, huge thank you, man. Well, it's really been, I might have done that, but all of this has really been you. You took the bull <laughs> by the horns, and, and it made this happen. If it wasn't for your willingness to dive in with both hands and grab this and see it for what it was and the opportunity it was, uh, you know, uh, I think the reality is, uh, if everybody listens to 100 episodes, you'll know who the host of the show is. You'll know <laughs> who the who the guy who holds us together every week really is. And uh, you know, when you see him out in your community, make sure you pat him on the back. <laughs> well, it's it's really just my my desire to see glory and in, in stroke my ego. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be a celebrity. Uh, so. Through this show, yeah. we took my beard. Maybe that's about the size of that. <laughs> yeah, I got a few more gray hairs. I don't know if that's because of the show or just my age. I don't know. Um, but through this show, we traveled to a lot of communities. Blame the show. It's the whole show. Oh yeah, absolutely right. Uh, we met some great people, and as we kind of close out this time in your ears, I want to kind of leave everybody with one last opinion from me and. Uh, and you'll get your chance too, Jason. But uh, I think on this on this podcast, we spent a huge amount of time being quite critical of Métis organizations in every aspect. And I really, I really don't want people to confuse that with us being critical of Métis people or their culture. Uh, I have a huge amount of respect and love for Métis people, their entire history from coast to coast to coast, and their stories. Um. There's so much I wanted to do with this podcast that we just didn't get a chance to do. And maybe one day we, I will, we will, but who knows? Um, you know, I just, and again, I just want to echo my statements earlier. Um, you know, if you like something that Métis people are doing or Indigenous people are doing, please 
show your support, not just by sharing and liking it on social media, but we have to support our own. We have to support our own people. Um, you know, I have a lot of Métis or Métis and Indigenous folks that, uh, you know, First Nations and Inuit here in Calgary in my community that are artists that, that put out work. And I try to do what I can uh, to financially support them where I can. I, you know, I, I buy their artwork. I, I do what I can. So I just want to encourage everybody to do that. Uh, and I really, really hope that maybe people listening can realize that if two guys from in Alberta that have abs had absolutely zero experience and training on doing a podcast can start a podcast and have it run for over, I guess almost two years now, um, over a hundred, you know, a hundred episodes that I, I think anybody can. And so what I'd really love to see from this is other people doing Métis podcasts. Maybe they're not political. Maybe you do Métis podcasts talking about culture or stories or history or, you know, your grandparents, whatever. Um, but more Métis podcasts, uh, maybe even some French Métis podcasts, uh, podcasts in, uh, you know, Machif, something like that. And But I, I really think it's an important and, 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 and a valuable tool for people that are in the grassroots of communities, of organizations that are grassroots, to, to really get their voice out. Um, and I just would encourage people to go out of your way to support them. Again, send them comments and, and encourage them and, and let them know that you enjoy their creation. That is an absolute huge thing for people doing what we did. And uh, I don't know, to our Métis youth, uh, I, I hope that pe you, you realize you can't just read about being Métis in a book. Although there are some uh, PhD professors that think you can, um, that is not the sum of Métis people. So go sit with your community elders, listen with open minds and open hearts, and don't forget that we're part of an Indigenous family that started a long time ago with those grandmothers. And I want people to to constantly be seeing our Indigenous family, First Nation, Inuit, and other Métis as our brothers and sisters, our aunts and uncles. Because we share a connection through the land and our shared ancestors, not because some Métis organization gives us a plastic card or the government gives us, uh, you know, an Indian status card. Uh, these are not what denote our identity. These are not what denotes our connection to each other. So that's kind of my my last little things I had to say. Any, I don't know, what's your last uh, shining bit of advice for people, Jay? Well, I think you, you pretty much encapsulated a hundred episodes right there you know that's that's pretty much the topics we've covered and the really the thrust i think of what we we started out to do is to highlight the fact that identity doesn't come from the government it doesn't come from an organization it comes from the land and it comes from our relations and we have i think stressed that point for a hundred episodes yeah right yep and i think Going forward, I hope that, that people continue to do that and they continue to find strength and they continue to grow closer together and as a, a people that we can, you know, make change in the future. You know, I'm hopeful. I think there's a lot of people out there who desire change and want change. There's a lot of young people that we've talked to who are coming up, you know, who, you know, who are looking to positions of leadership who want to see a different future for the Métis people than we see being offered by the cartel right now. You and I have done 100 episodes basically highlighting why that change is uh, <laughs> necessary. Absolutely. <laughs> and I, I think the reality is 
you know, until change happens, you know, we can keep going around around the bush on this issue. But really, you know, I think hopefully other people pick up the mantle. And like, and and I like what you said. You know, hopefully we can make space now for people to have conversations about culture, uh, about art, about language, about things that are sustaining in our identity as Métis people, and a little less maybe wrapped up into the political hoo-ha of the day. Absolutely. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I this show is uh, forever going to be etched into my brain and my heart. Uh, I love the show. I know you did too, Jason. Um, and for me personally, it was part Very of much. my healing journey. It was part of my learning and, and understanding. Um, I mean, I'm no Métis expert. I'm not a Métis historian. Um, but I've learned a lot from our guests. I've learned a lot from just having these discussions and, uh, you know, finding the material to have the show about. So it's it's been great. Uh, and it it's always going to kind of be close to my heart. And uh, I think for me, the last thing I'm going to miss is ranting and raving every Tuesday with uh, with you, my brother. I agree. I think that, uh, honestly, it's, it's something we've talked about off-air uh, leading up to this point. And I, it's going to leave a void in my week. <laughs> yeah. not, not so much <laughs> ranting uh, on the podcast, but just simply being able to talk to you every week. Yeah, because uh, I, I, what people don't know is that Jason and I literally have spent... I don't know, probably 14 to 15 hours talking about Métis stuff in one day. And we still have enough gas to put on an episode, you know, a podcast. And so we, we have a lot of air to expel from our lungs when it comes to topics. Um, but yeah, I'm going to definitely miss that every Tuesday and I'm going to miss the show. But um, I guess for now, for both Jason and I, for the final time, that's it. The jig is up. Long live the peak. Hey, my late cooking came from Kawaka to express. Real one, you woman probably popping loose there. It's poor man's if you want to talk the language. A hundred clicks north of Virginia is the rest. You still got to be a chief to wear a headdress. So take your shit off before you ruin it for the rest. You better listen to your heart. There's too many heads. Watch what you say, man. It's way